Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Well, it's testimony time, and the Bible says in Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Today we have a very powerful testimony, so help me welcome Charlene to the stage to give her testimony. Oh, encourage her as she comes up. Encourage her as she comes up. Oh, please encourage her. Wow. Wow, Charlene. <laughs> Anise. <laughs> please introduce yourself to the church. So what's your testimony about today? So my testimony is about how God provided for me through a word. Your testimony is about how God provided for you through a word and a service. Wow. Okay. Tell us about the problem. Okay. So from 2020, when I finished my national service, I was jobless. And I was jobless. And I was praying to God and talking to family and friends about helping me find a job. And this went on till... 2021 November. 2021 November. Yes. Okay, so how did how did the miracle come about? I was in church and mommy was preaching on tithe. Mommy was preaching on tithe. Okay. Yes, and she was talking about how when you are a faithful tithe giver, there are ways to discern your blessing, okay. and it's not always that it's a financial blessing. Okay. And she said she stopped while she was preaching and pointed a little close to where I was sitting. Wait, she stopped. <laughs> she, she stopped while she was preaching. And what did she yes. do? She pointed a little close to where I was sitting. And where were you sitting? I was sitting in the middle. Okay. All right. And then what happened? And she said, do you know that your blessing is, in, is not in Accra? Do you know that your blessing is not in Accra? Yes. Okay. If you go, you'll be walking around doing nothing. <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay. So tell us what happened next. So I took the word as mine. You took the word as yours? Yes. And then on Monday, I went to my part-time job. And I was asking my sister about if I should, because I kept getting an admonition to text a manager where I used to do my internship. And she said I should call him. And I I was about to call, and the Holy Spirit told me to text him. And I was wondering how I would text him. And the Holy Spirit told me to text him in the jovial way that we always talk. And I texted him, and I said, oh, I'm still job hunting. And immediately he called me back. And he said he never knew. And he gave me the process, and he said I should go. For, I should come for an interview, 
So I went through the process. At the last stage, I got six. I couldn't finish. But I felt peace because I already didn't want to work in a bank. And on, <laughs> and on the Tuesday, I got a call from an old friend from my diploma day. We hadn't spoken in almost six months. And she called and she said, there's a contract job at this multi-international firm. Do I want to? Multi-international. Yes, please. <laughs> She asked me if I wanted to go. And I said, oh, yes, why not? I'm home. So I went. I did the interview on Wednesday. On Thursday, they called me and told me they had employed me. Wow. <laughs> and it was a three-month contract. And all this was in November. After I had prayed and asked God not to let me end the year without a job. So in December, I started working. And the three months was almost up because when you start three months there, so I was just hoping they would retain me. And then I got a call from the HR in the ending of December, and he told me they've already seen my work and they are planning on retaining me. Wow. <laughs> and the best part was the HR was my friend from my diploma days as well, the recruitment officer, sorry. So fast forward, they retained me in one of the departments. And last week, on Monday, Tuesday, I didn't go to work. On Tuesday, when, Wednesday, when I went to work, my boss asked for my CV. And then he told me I have an interview. So on Thursday, I went for the interview at one department. Before I finished, another department called me. Another, another department called me. <laughs> Were you the jobless person in 2020? Yes. Hey, okay. Another department called me for an interview too. So by Friday, I was employed, retained, in the department I wanted, and I was given a promotion as well. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. The are too many. Can you, can, you, can you give us a list? A list. You want to understand what's happening here? Okay, so when I entered for the three-month contract, it was as an um, administrative clerk for three months. Then they retained me in the same position. And that was in the health and safety department. So the new interview put me in the procurement department as a procurement assistant. So that's the promotion and the transfer. <laughs> <Like> wow. <Jesus. laughs> yes. Wow. So what do you have to tell the church? I want to tell the church that every word shared here is a word. It might not be for you at that particular moment, but before you realize, it's applied to your life just the way it has to be. So you should listen and you should take every word as your own. Wow. So somebody, I don't know, but somebody is here today, and as our prophetess is preaching, she'll be moving through the, the crowd and the, and the stage, and then she'll stop and she'll point at you. And when she points, I'm hoping, I'm believing that you'll stand up and you receive it, and you say, Amen. Wow, thank you. Anise, thank you so much. Thank you, Anise. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, my neighbor, your life is about to be changed forever. Amen. You can see that everything we do in this church has a purpose. Hallelujah. And when people come and they testify, is to let you understand that God is working on your case. 
And if he has done it for one of us, it means that he will do it for you. Hallelujah. So when people stand and they testify, receive it and declare that yours is coming. Amen. And she said a very important thing that our bishop walked in her that to where she was sitting and pointed in her direction. Many of us, when we come to church, it's like we are trying to hide. Don't hide. When she walks towards your direction, declare in your spirit that you are receiving a word that will change your life, that will bring you the miracle that you are looking for. Hallelujah. If you believe it, put your hands together because I believe that we have one of the most anointed pastors in the world and she is preaching to us the word of God. Our lives are changing as we hear the word. Stand to your feet. Believe that God is about to minister to you through the words of our pastor. He is joyfully Bruce makes a noise Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy on this color-blocking Sunday. Thank you for watching over us, keeping us, giving us testimonies, giving us something to say because you've been good to us. Today, as your word comes, let it come straight into our spirits, into our souls. And Lord, let it be what we need at this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Find your Bible. Let's make our confession before we sing. And lift up, lift it up. You want to confess, you want to say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Take your seat. And as you take your seat, tell your neighbor, I like your colors. I like your colors. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody may be saying that. Now, colors, no, what is that? What is that? Tell your neighbor, this is that. <laughs> this is that. Hallelujah. Sometimes, is that? Sometimes people are waiting for other people to make them happy. In this church, we make ourselves happy. Is that okay? We do what? We make ourselves happy. It doesn't mean we don't have problems, so. But Charlie, we make ourselves happy. Hallelujah. I was telling Lady Reverend Homi that some people deserve a medal. I can see that the color blocking, they're picking his World Cup. Right? 
It's not easy. It's not easy in the house. It's not easy in the house. Hallelujah. Amen. And so I'd like to encourage you after service, take a picture, do some, yeah, you know, take some pictures together. Just, we're just being happy. That's all. Tell neighbor that look, we are young people here. Maybe you are old already, but we, we are young people here. So Charlie, we just put the colors together. Amen and amen. And if they say, what's the use of that? Tell them that this is that. <laughs> this is that. That's the use of that. that this is that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Now, I just need to talk to you about a few things. Help you for a while. Can you find those letters that came? No, they're not letters. But I'm about to tell you something. Something. Mm. Something. This Sunday, we are, we are launching Operation Andrew. Andrew was somebody who went to call other people to meet Christ. Amen. And this is in connection with our Good Friday service. Wow. Wow. Oh, it's a good place to put your hands together. You know, during the COVID years, we couldn't do what we normally do, which is to gather together in massive gatherings, and then we key into the Independence Square and we watch. Are you here? And we watch. And I was telling them at the service last night, just take out, if I don't bring them here at the right time, I'll tell you, share them out, yes. And um, we key in there and wild things happen. Tell neighbor, wild things happen. Yeah. We are here, we do a part of the service, then we tune in and we join Bishop Doug and the rest of the church. Amen. Tell anybody, it's a global church. Yeah, those of you who have been asking questions why we don't sing in much in tree and things, the reason is not because we don't speak our languages, but it's because we are an international church. Many people add the word international to the end of something because it sounds nice. Are you there? So like you say that, oh, the school is uh, Amma International School. But when we say international, we mean that it's international. Are you following? So we are currently in about 94 countries and we are aiming for 190 countries. And so when we tune in, and that's why we speak the international languages. Are you getting it? The ones that, yeah, so that you're an English speaker somewhere else in the world, you can follow. French speaker somewhere else in the world, you can Because every French country also has its languages. Yeah, even in Ghana, if you try to make us speak one language, there'll be a problem. Mm. How many of us know that a country is the most spoken? I said, how many of us know? But if somebody makes a mistake to wake up and say that, it is our national language. Even we guns who are few, we shall manifest. No, it's true. We shall make it remind you that, look, we, no, no, we have our own language. Yeah. So it, that's the reason. It's an international church. So that's just by way of explanation. So we'll be here on Good Friday, the 15th of April at 3 p.m., and it's a, it's a beautiful service. I believe that the, just the pooled unity does something. And it's a miracle service. And every year we see wild miracles. Every year. The first time we did it was like four or five years ago. And I remember that right here in Kumasi, there was one of our, our young doctors with us. He had broken his foot. The foot was in a cast. He was supposed to have been okay, but for some reason, the leg had not healed. Are you there? And right in that meeting, 
he got his healing. So you don't want to miss it. Amen. Now, Operation Andrew, we're going to do what Andrew in the Bible did, which is that we're going to invite others. Are you there? Who is going to do the inviting? Please tell your neighbor, it's you. Uh-huh, it's you. You are going to invite somebody. You put down, we're going to send out sheets of paper, and you see that there are two blocks there, because when you are done, you're going to tear it in half and bring me the other half. And on it, you have the names of the people you have invited. Is that okay? So if number one is Amma Texan, on both portions of the form, number one is Amma Texan. She has a phone number. And you write it and you send it. What are we going to do with it? We're going to pray over her name and we're going to call her. Just to, just to boost your invitation, if I can put it like that. Sometimes you have invited your brother. How many of us know that your brother doesn't take you serious? Yeah. Sometimes you have invited your roommate. They say you are making too much noise. But once you have extended your invitation, you write the name down and bring it. They'll get a call. You'll be surprised that some people will come and that will be their day to meet the Lord. Is that okay? Oh, is it okay? Powerful. So before the service ends, we're going to give out those forms and someone should remind me so that we actually do it. And we are launching Operation Andrew as of now in Jesus' name. Amen. And then we'll work on it so that Good Friday when you are coming, it's not only you, but others are joining us. Amen. Man, the end, good Friday, I'm going home. It's not a problem. The rest of us are here. Tell your neighbor that, look, the church doesn't function because of you. It doesn't, it doesn't function because, no, 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 please. Only that if you are wise. You have been at home, uh, if you are wise. Mm. Push your neighbor and say, what exactly did they just say? Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Then I'm reminding you that on the 1st to the 3rd of May, we have a camp with our convener, Bishop Emmanuel in Tefo. Amen. Good. Ashes, I think that you can fill all the aisles with chairs. Because the people outside in the car park, they don't get to see much. They don't get to see much. All the aisles, just fill them to a point. You know, so that, I mean, people can see. Yeah. When you're coming in from outside, tell them that, yeah, I came to church to see. <laughs> Hallelujah. Those of you at the side, it's not that we don't like you. We really do like you, but I think you have a better view than those who are outside. All right. One day, we'll have a cathedral big enough for all of us. One day. But until then, we are not complaining. We are managing. And we're managing okay. Yesterday, we had our first Saturday service, and we had a really good time. Amen. Yeah, we had a really good time. And in this church, we're just trying to find a way to help you to serve God as best as you can. Amen. Are you okay? All right. Well, I'm going back to my series that I started preaching last week. Things you don't want to hear. Losing. Tell neighbor, losing. <laughs> Tell the neighbor on the other side, losing. Suffering. Sacrificing. And dying. They are also part of Christianity. Yeah, they are also part. Yeah. Okay, we are now about how many weeks to midterms? I said, how many weeks to midterms? Three weeks to midterms. All right. Some people are saying, hey, doesn't mean you didn't know. Or you didn't realize that it was three. Or you didn't realize it was so close. Or what exactly are you saying? Okay. 
next week we'll be launching Agenda 5. <laughs> and we will explain to you what it is. But in the meantime, this week, every day you are learning for three hours. It doesn't matter what else you are doing. Classes to 9 p.m. Oh. Assignments, oh. church meeting, oh. whatever, oh. three hours. That's one day we can do. Three hours is nothing. By the time Agenda 5 lands, you see that three hours is nothing. Because Agenda 5 takes you to 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So start warming up. It's like a fast when you start trying to eat less so that the fast doesn't knock you too much. Imagine that you have been eating fufu for breakfast and benku for lunch, and then you just and then you eat what again for supper? Wache for supper. The first you struggle. Okay, powerful. Okay, today we're going to be talking about suffering. You see, there are some topics that charismatics don't like hearing about. You like to hear seeing you receiving is going to be good with you. And they're all part of the word. It is true. But if we don't also preach on this side, then we have only preached half of the gospel. And unfortunately, um, that is what has happened over some period of time. And because of that, we now have a situation where where people suffer, then they begin to just fall apart. But I'm going to read a scripture. Please come in quickly and settle down. I'm... It will do you some good. We, you see, we're moving towards Easter, and that's the time I like to preach on this book. Losing, suffering, sacrificing, dying. If you are a child of God, you're going to lose something for the, for, for the sake of the gospel. I'm not talking about the losing you do because you were careless. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the one that comes upon you because of your faith. There's some suffering also. That's because of your faith. Losing, suffering, sacrificing because of what you believe. Dying to things because of what you believe. It's all part of Christianity. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to read a little passage from this book just to share something for you to understand. And let's put it in context. The ministry of Jesus involved two very different aspects. Preaching, teaching, and healing formed one clear phase of his ministry. The second, please, come in quickly. Come in quickly. You're wasting a lot of time, Ashes, a lot of time. Just come in quickly and settle down. And after this, please, Ashes, rearrange what's outside and those coming can just settle there. Ah. The ministry of Jesus involved two different, very different aspects. Preaching, teaching, and healing formed one clear phase of his ministry. The second phase of his ministry was to basically experience different kinds of suffering. He suffered rejection by the, the community of Israel, betrayal by Judas, desertion by his disciples, false accusation by, by the pastors, misrepresentation by the Pharisees, pain from the Roman soldiers, the psychological torment of impending death, and the pain and horror of crucifixion. Is it true or is it not true? At the back, is it true or it's not true? So if you are a servant of somebody, do you expect that you will not go through the same thing? Then it's a false expectation. Please, so, Tim, there are some chairs in the front here. So they should, you know, they should fill them first so that the ones at the back, rather, people coming in late can just slide in, okay? Yeah. All right, are you getting it? So Jesus was with us for the first part of his ministry. All was going well. 
teaching, preaching, healing, crowds, following, without, he doesn't even need to give advert. But the other side of his ministry was the rejection that he suffered from people who were his own, including his own biological family. Yeah, the Bible says that initially his brothers did not believe in him. The believing came later. Yeah. He suffered rejection. He suffered them lying about him. They suffered a lot of things. And today, if we are real, we can see that there's an aspect of your life that is like that. Are you with me? Turn with me, Philippians, with me to Philippians chapter 1 and verse 29. For unto you it is given in the, in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. So, so there is a suffering. Amen. There is a what? There is a suffering. And, and, and to, to present it as something evil is also a problem. It doesn't mean that we do not battle in the spirit. It doesn't mean that we don't bind the devil. We do. We do. Because sometimes we are not sure which one it is. Is it the enemy at work? Or is it what? But for you as a believer, you need to understand that God will actually allow suffering in your life. And today I'm going to tell you why. Is that okay? <laughs> wow. Acts 14, the first church in the world. Acts chapter 14, verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Hey. Through what? Much tribulation. If you have been a Christian for a while and you have not suffered anything for your faith, then I give you trokekbenjwe for your faith. When I say trokekbenjwe, it's two and a half pesos that existed before you were born. You have not seen that kind of money before. That's where the word trotro came from. They used to take two and a half pesos. It was a coin. Yes, two and a half pesos. It was a coin. In my generation, we met it. But your generation doesn't know trotro. Ask your neighbor, do you know trotro? <laughs> and I'm saying that if you have been a believer for some time, it's possible that you are a new believer, so you have not suffered anything yet. So it's coming. But if you have been a believer for some time and not suffered anything, I am questioning your faith. That's why I say I'm giving you two and a half pesos for it. Because it means that you have not probably identified closely enough with Christ. You have not identified yourself as a Christian. As soon as you do, and as soon as you are a real believer, you will see a certain suffering coming your way in different ways. Hmm. And so today, I want to give you some of the reasons why God wants you to experience suffering. <laughs> some of you up until now, you have been thinking of Jesus, thinking of the Lord as Father Christmas. Father Christmas, you know, he smiles at all the children, says, ho, ho, ha, ha, thanks for you. Ho, 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 ha, ha. I don't know why Father Christmas is always fat, but anyway... That's beside the point. But I want you to understand that the Lord is no Father Christmas. And there are times in your life when he's going to stand by and he's going to allow you to suffer. 
just in the same way as Jesus came. Jesus even went to the Garden of Gethsemane to go and pray. And he was like, please, if you can, remove this one from me. If it is your will, remove it from me. Because he had suffered many things, but this particular one, when he looked at it, he's like, Charlie, and look, where, look, the fact that he didn't change anything, said the agreement as it was, so it is. We are going through with it. Reasons why God wants you to experience suffering. Reason number one is because it pleases him. Some people are about to rebel, but let me read scripture very quickly before you begin to misbehave. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 10. It's talking about Jesus, and it said, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased him to bruise him. It pleased him. You understand very soon why. Not only did he just allow it, it pleased him. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2. I'm smiling as I'm reading because I can see that it is affecting everything you've thought about God. Ephesians 5, 2 says, And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us as an offering and as a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. So the suffering of Christ was even sweet-smelling. A sweet-smelling savor. But before you rise up and begin to say, how can God be so wicked? Why is God accepting that I should suffer? He's accepting it for the very same reason that your parents accepted you to go to school. Knowing that you suffer canes there. Knowing that some, some senior will, 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 will knock your head. Knowing that you are going to go and sweat on some teacher's farm. But it pleased your parents to allow you to go through that suffering. And when you came back with a report. And said, I don't want to go to school. I want to go to school. You actually you can even get beaten. And the teacher, will t- your parents will take you right back to the same school for round two. And when you have finished your BEC and your results have come, your parents will go with you to a boys' school, an SHS school. As he's arriving there with you, he knows that, in fact, tribulations and problems are about to face you. But it pleased your parents. I said is what? Pleased your parents to send you there. He was very happy. Did you say your parents was wicked? Ah, okay. Because it's your parents. Now it's not wicked. I remember when my first son, he finished school and then he wanted to go and do some, some course in South Africa. Look, the person who brought this basket back, I want to know who it is as I'm standing here. Who brought this basket back this morning? Who brought it back? Who brought it back? Otherwise, all the ashes are hot. <laughs> Who brought it back? Hey, it worked. Ah, why? 
Who brought it back? And she's, she's left you to collect the, the, the troubles. Where is Akwele? She's not here. If it comes back here, there will be a problem. Where you picked it from, return it there. <laughs> because between yesterday and today, I've sent it there three times. Ask of her. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was telling you a story. So, my son said he was going, he's a, a very good pianist, and he said he was going to do sound engineering to art. So, my husband sent him. I mean, it cost us so much. He went, he did the thing, everything. When he came back, as he was arriving, we brought him to Kumasi. Then he was going to it. Then he turned and he asked his father, Daddy, please, can I have some pocket money? His father said, I told you, the day you finish that course, and I bring you back to Ghana. I'm done with you. He said, oh, but I don't have a job. He said, that's your problem. Suffering has begun. It pleased his father to suffer him. The same son got married. And when he got married, he went and brought his bride. And he came to Kumasi. And I looked at him and I said, you got one month to get yourself and your wife a place to stay. You get out of my house. The church is very quiet. It pleased me. Oh, while you are in my house, you can eat anything, you can go anywhere, you can do what you want. But in one month, one month, have you not married you a wife? Did you not read the Bible? It says, and so shall a man leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. Was it because of wickedness? If we had not done that, how would this young man have become a responsible man to be sitting in Madagascar today with his wife and his two children? Oh, you don't get it? Yeah. So in the same way as God is looking at us, at you and at me, it pleases him to cause us to go through suffering. Because there are some things that will never happen in your life until you suffer. But let's continue. Number two, God wants you to experience suffering because it makes you perfect. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 10. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 10. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. In bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of our salvation perfect through suffering perfect through sufferings. When you meet somebody who has never suffered anything, they are very some, is a some way type of person. Very some way. Some of you have a roommate who cannot do anything. And some of you, you are that roommate. Are you here? Suffering does something to you. That's why, even though we like you, we are going to put you through exams. And that's why I'm standing here saying that from now, we have declared the beginning, three hours of learning. Three hours. Next week, I'll be declaring Agenda 5. Ten hours. Yes, yes. 
and you are like, I cannot learn for 10 hours. You can learn and you will learn. Hey. Because the main reason why people fail is that they don't learn enough. That's the number one reason. That's the number one reason. And why can they not learn enough? Because they cannot concentrate enough. Hmm. And why can you not concentrate enough? Because nobody has made you do it. Hey. Charlie, ask your neighbor, am I in the right place? I wonder whether I should be here. Maybe I should go somewhere. Maybe, no. It is a suffering. But it is needed. And the, the Lord said, look, it is in suffering that a certain perfection comes. Many of you young ladies, when we are sending you, you are pulling your mouth. Don't worry, we're all like that. <laughs> because it's like, they have called me, they have asked me to do this, but I have assignments, I have this, I have to do that, I have to do that. And we'll still send you, we'll, we'll not remove the housework. Too. We'll not remove it at all. You will do it. Are you in the house? I remember when I was 16 years old. I pulled my mouth out. My mother told me that it would be stuck like this. <laughs> because I thought, what is it? Every day they are sending me. Hey, middle children. Middle bones. And I just felt that. But why? I'm not your only child. Why am I? Why? Are you there? I didn't know that a distance down my life. I was going to be married. I was going to have children. I was going to be working full-time. I was also going to be a full-time PhD student. I was also going to be working in my church. I didn't know. I didn't know that I would have five or six balls that I have to balance in the air. But by the so-called suffering, by the so-called suffering, when that time in my life came, oh, it's like balance this one. Catch it, catch it. Yeah. When you say that you won't do, when you say that you won't do, you are now going to have major problems. And I remember that as a foreign student, for the first time in my life, I'd never met such a creature before. Somebody in my flat, a young lady, who had not gone through the sufferings. So, she had, you see when you buy a, a set of plates, there'll be four small ones, four big ones, four cups, or six, depending on the set. She had a set like that. When she starts, she'll use one plate. She finishes it, scrape it, put it under the sink. Second plate, under the sink. Third plate, under the sink. When the big ones are finished, she'll move to the middle size. Be using it, using it, under the sink, under the sink, till she's using the sauces, till every fork is dirty, every cup is dirty, every spoon is dirty. And the day she has to wash, wash up, she'll be walking through her flat, oh, I have to I have to wash dishes today. Oh, what a burden, what a problem. You see that it's strange to you. But when you were doing the washing up in the house, when they finished everything and piled it in the container and gave it to you and told you that you should go and stand by the, 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 the tap and wash it, then you were pulling your mouth. Like that. It's from that suffering. Here we had somebody who had suffered nothing. And now that she was on her own, look at the chaos. I'd never seen it in my life before. I remember taking a pen and paper. In those days, we didn't have email. And writing a letter to my parents to say thank you. I'm sorry for the days I pulled my mouth. 
I'm sorry for the days I frowned because now I can see that Charlie, it's balancing, it's not a problem. And God allows us to go through suffering because as we go through it, there's a perfection that comes. Put your hands together for them. Hallelujah. The third reason why God allows you, in fact, why he wants you to go through suffering. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. <laughs> this is talking about Jesus. He was a son. He was not obedient just because he was a son. Suffering taught him to obey. You must suffer to live a kingdom as beautiful as heaven to come down to earth. Earth where today there's no water. Tomorrow there's no light. The third day there's none of both of them. And you left where there was everything. Am I talking to somebody? Are you there? Many times you are disobedient when God asks you to do things until suffering comes. Until suffering comes. Hello? Until suffering comes. When the Lord gives you something to do and you tell him that you will not do it because you are busy, then he will leave you. Then after you go and do the exam that you say was taking your time, and you get a grade that you didn't expect. Then you come sober. They say, please, what was it you said I should do? Because I thought all of you who don't work for the Lord, I thought you will be the ones bringing us first class and bringing us CWAs of 80%. But the truth of the matter is that it's not like that. It's rather those who are doing something for the Lord who bring us those grades. Hey, please, if you are in the middle to the back, tell your neighbor what your CWA is at present. Hey. I didn't call your name oh. I didn't mention your name Are you in the church this morning? Are you in the church this morning? Are you understanding what I'm saying to you this morning? Wow Yeah hmm. Are you real? I'm reading you somebody's story Maria Woodward Etta was one of God's lady generals and she was known for her supernatural ministry of signs and wonders. She had a vision of the harvest, harvest when she was 13 years old and heard the voice of God tell her to go to the highways and hedges and gather the lost sheep. Somehow she did not heed the call. Probably desiring to be like the average woman, she married a couple of years after she had this vision. Eventually, she had a large family with six beautiful children. Then tragedy stuck, struck, and five of her children died within a short space of time. She herself became ill many times and often thought that she would die. Throughout those difficult times and different crises, she felt God calling her to preach to the lost. Finally, she gave herself up to the Lord 
and became obedient to the call. She began ministering in her local area and began to see many conversions. This was the beginning of a great ministry that lay ahead of her. She suffered the loss of five children. What a terrible tragedy. Yet, it was the suffering that brought her to her ministry. Hey, God is making only has killed the five children. He didn't plan to kill them. <laughs> you said you will not go. But to God, the most important thing is a soul. And if killing you will bring that soul, he'll kill you. <laughs> Some people are wondering what am I doing in church today? I shouldn't have come. Yeah. Yeah. Am I talking to some people in the church this morning? Yeah. And I'm saying to you that if your suffering will bring somebody's salvation, he will allow you to suffer. The church is quiet again. Yeah. Just a few nights ago, I was watching Bishop Dag on TV and online when he was preaching the first night in Cherponi. Cherponi is, if you know where it is, somebody asked me how long it will take him to get there. I told him long. <laughs> it's far. It's far. The road is not good as most of our internal roads. Even to get the place to stay, pray about it. And when he got there, it was raining and he was preaching. And the people were also there. Are you here? Ah, preach. Some of you say, on the way it is raining, we have to go and sit down. God doesn't mind that you should get wet. Because some people that day was their only day of salvation. He doesn't mind at all. Doesn't mind at all. Ajay. Number four. God wants you to experience suffering because it will bring you closer to Christ. Closer to Christ. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. Philippians 3.10 That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. You want to know Christ? Part of knowing Christ are those sufferings. Now you understand why sometimes he allows you to get a broken heart. And now you understand why your mother has had broken heart over the past 20 years. If she had not had it, she would not have prayed. Ooh. What woman in love have you seen who is praying a lot? Most is it, Charlie. We know it as pastors. When a young lady falls in love, you say, Charlie, don't even bother talking. Nonsense is raining. You have to wait until the downward turn comes before sense can work. Hey, you are very quiet again. Yeah. Yeah. There is no point advising the young lady that the guy, can you not see that he likes women? Can you not see that this? Can you not see? She can see, but she's not about to change. You leave her. When she enters into it and she's married now and she has had one or two experiences, oh, she will know how to pray. 24 hours crash is praying. Every day she's fasting. Every day she's fasting. Every day she's preaching. Every day. Yeah. It's the effect of the sufferings. 
there's something about being comfortable that's the problem we become very comfortable do you understand now why some things are not comfortable in your life oh I said do you understand why some things are not comfortable in your life people who are hungry they fast very easily have everything they really struggle to fast <laughs> hey. but there is a closeness to God and to Christ and that is why you will see a man in his flourishing years he's standing and he's proclaiming great things against God and you see the same man when life begins it's downward 10 60 65 70 suddenly he's praying talking about God. He's relying on God. He's going to church. He's trying to do something. This and that. What has happened? What has happened? Suffering. Suffering. <laughs> hey. Hmm. Number five. That's the one I like. God wants you to experience suffering because of the glory that will follow because of the glory that will follow <laughs> amen because of the glory that will follow why do people suffer through seven years of medical school the glory the glory yeah the glory of the title the glory the glory are you there why does a woman suffer through nine months of pregnancy? The glory. The glory of the baby. The glory of having a child. The glory of having somebody who looks like you, sounds like you. She will go through. The only person I've ever heard saying that I won't go through this again. And I will never have a second child. It was not the wife, it was the man. <laughs> I said, the only person I've heard, even women who have been through very wild subway pregnancies, you will see that after some years, they turn around and say that, I'm ready for a second one. <laughs> I used to have some Indian friends and out there when you're going to have your child, the man is there. He's part of the whole process. So the man had been there when the baby was born. Then he said, hey, the thing is bad. It's wrong. Ah, how can a human being suffer like this? He would never. No, 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 no. Ah, yeah, they cannot have another child. He meant it. He was very serious. He was very, very serious. When his wife was ready for a second child, she had to wrap her husband. Oh, yes. The man said, no, 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 no. But she, the one who carried the pregnancy, the one who actually physically went through. Oh, she was ready to cry. Why? Because of the glory. The glory that follows. There is a glory that comes from suffering. That's why when you have managed to go through a sparrow fast. I think there are some children in the house who don't understand sparrow fast. Hey. 
Nowadays, generation, all your fasting is 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So when we say we are fasting Monday to Friday, it's Monday 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Then you eat supper and some of you combine the supper, the lunch and everything. But <laughs> when we say sparrow fast, it means that when you start the fast on Monday 6 a.m., you don't come down again. You stay there. You stay there. You stay there. You stay there until Friday, 6 p.m. One day, I declared a sparrow fast in this church. And <laughs> the fast was going on. Monday, Tuesday, etc., etc. And then, I had to travel to go and preach somewhere. So I was somewhere on the Wednesday, Thursday. Then I began to see some conversations on the pages. <laughs> the program I had gone to was a program that Bishop Eddie Adi, I said, Bishop, based on these texts, I've got to arrive home. <laughs> I have to arrive home. Because if I don't arrive home, my children will die. Do you want to know what was on the text? I said, do you want to know what was in the text? Hey! I saw people writing on Wednesday. On Friday, I'm going to break my fast with Fufu and Abenkwai with Aponchikakra. And another... I am going to break with Bakwa. I say, hey, after you have not eaten anything for five days, you are going to break with what? I say, you collapse. I say, I better arrive home for them to understand that you are going to break it with a little bit of light cocoa. <laughs> but, <laughs> I also got a few texts, mommy. It's Wednesday. I'm actually dying. If you <laughs> and I say, okay, find something. Get it, send somebody to buy you a bottle of Fanta and just drink it. Just for strength and not for pleasure. But when you are done, Friday, Friday 6 p.m., after the prayer meeting, the breakout of joy, the breakout of anointing, the breakout of prophetic words, the breakout of the glory has come because of the suffering. Are you understanding something? Tell your neighbor that, listen, me, I'm all here. Okay, I'll say it in chi. How do you say it in chi? Squeeze your face. Squeeze your face. Miaweni? Miaweni? Whatever you are going through now, Mia, your squeeze it, squeeze it, close it, and go through. At the end of it is a glory you cannot imagine that is coming. Squeeze your face. Go to the lectures. Go and do your church work. Go and do your assignments. Stay up half the night. Squeeze your face. Mia more here. Hold yourself go through at the end of it I said at the end of it at the end of it there's some glory hallelujah oh I said hallelujah and there are some of you 
who will continue. You'll do your master's after it, and you'll do your PhD after it. And when the, I don't, I, have, I am yet to meet a PhD student who did not want to end it in the middle. I'm yet to meet one. <laughs> I'm yet to meet one. Because of great sufferings and great, what? <laughs> Frustrations. I remember somebody I locked in my house for three days. I said, you not come out till you are done. Keep writing. I'll bring you food there. Write. Stay there. But when you finish, I said, when you finish and you come out, some glory. I said, some glory. Some of you in this house, every day, you spend time praying for somebody else in the house. You spend time walking left and right on, on the campus. You go and you knock on the door. They are facing you. And you are wondering, how much longer can I keep going? Keep going. For the sake of the glory that is ahead of you. Keep going. I read a scripture. Are you enjoying the scriptures? Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. 